You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. We got to work on that, folks. We got like six weeks of Easter tide. We're going to be hearing that a lot. We'll work on that later. I got it's coming again. I say, hallelujah, Christ is risen. You can say, he is risen indeed. And you can even like fist pump. You can do all kinds of stuff. It's fine. Today is the day, do you all know, today is the day that every single Sunday throughout the year gets its celebration. Every Sunday throughout the year is a mini Easter. Every Sunday when we come here, we celebrate the risen Christ. And so every Sunday, except through Lent and Advent and parts, we say, hallelujah, Christ is risen. And you all say, the Lord is risen indeed. Amen. This is the day that gives our church its name. Did you know that? All these fun facts. Our church, Resurrection South Austin. This is the feast of our namesake. This is where we get our name. This is the day, in fact, when all of creation, not just South Austin, but when all of creation explodes with life and hope. And you can kind of see that in the Easter lilies here. The earth explodes with life and hope. Why? Why is this such a big deal? Why do we name a church after this thing? Why do we make such a big deal about the resurrection of Christ? Why does the earth explode with life and hope? This is why. Because the resurrection of Christ changes absolutely everything. It changes everything. If Christ is raised from the dead, our story changes. It's no longer a story of death and sin, but our story is about life and forgiveness and the resurrection from the dead. That's what our story becomes. The dirge of death, that, that pace, that march of death that our culture and our world seems to be just so committed to. Sin, fear, hopelessness, those are the ways of our culture. That's the story. All of that is today muted, completely turned off, overwhelmed, overcome by heaven's resurrection hymn. And it's deafening. It's that loud. And we join in on it this morning. I don't know if you know, we haven't started this party. This party has been raging for all of eternity, and we're just now entering into it. The church, not even just in South Austin, but picture this. I want to give you the the biggest picture I can. The church throughout the world, in every country, is celebrating this morning that the risen one, Jesus Christ, our Lord, has overcome sin and death. And because of that, everything has changed. That's what we celebrate this morning. So... In light of all that, with all that in view, we say, we shout, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I need some, man, I had a singing, all the shouting. I'm getting all hoarse here. Hold on, give me a second. Six weeks of Eastertide begins now. And uh, it's a season that begins uh, celebrating the resurrection until the Feast of the Ascension and Pentecost. And this is, I love being in a Christian tradition that has a memory, like a really long memory, and, and such a beautiful way of walking throughout the year. We have this tradition. It's genius. It's the Christian calendar. Christians have been doing this for a very, very long time. And this is what's genius about it. God's story of Easter is placed within a bigger story of what God is doing throughout the world and throughout history. His story of redemption. So here it is. Looking back, we see Lent. Remember Lent? Yeah, you're like, yes, I can eat meat now. I can drink again, all that stuff. That was Lent. In Lent, that was a season of repentance and preparation. And looking forward from Easter, we see Christ's ascension and the spirit of power, the spirit of God coming to empower his people. That's what we see coming ahead. And in the middle, we have this 
beautiful day in which the Lord is raised from the dead. And this day, this feast, isn't just some other party. It's just not one of those things that the church does. But this is the party to end all parties. This is the feast, in fact, that points to that great feast at the end of eternity that will be had. This is the hinge on which the rest of history is actually hung today. The resurrection of Christ. Now, if it's true, let's look at this. If the resurrection's really true, and I know i got some skeptics in here, and that's okay. got a little bit of that in me too. But if the resurrection is true, then it's true that our lives can never be the same. Picture this. If it's actually true that Jesus was crucified, died, and buried, and then was raised by God himself, you don't walk away from that without being changed. If that's really true, it's all different. All the tragedies in our life, all the heartbreaks... Our families, our marriages, our friendships, our jobs, our hopes, those dreams that we have, even the disappointments that we have in life, it's all different now. Why is that? Because through the resurrection of Jesus, God is making absolutely everything new again. God is making all things new in the resurrection. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. And in particular, we're going to focus on Paul's letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that we heard just a little bit ago. And it starts in verse 19. Let me read you the first two verses of this passage. It goes like this. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. In other words, if Christ isn't raised from the dead, we're a really sorry bunch of people, aren't we? And how sad is that? People should feel really, really bad for us because we have this faith in a man who's still dead in the grave. And we're hoping that he's going to do something, but in fact, he's still dead and in the grave if the resurrection didn't happen. From the very beginning, and this makes it worse, from the very beginning, Jesus said that he had come to announce the kingdom, raise the dead, He would be handed over to suffering himself and die. And on the third day, he would be brought back to life. This is the claim that Jesus made as he was walking about on earth. This was his teaching. So if he's still dead, then none of that's true. Jesus wasn't some great Messiah, but he's actually a liar. If he was not raised from the dead. If there was no resurrection, picture this. No resurrection means no forgiveness of sins. Repentance. Doesn't matter how bad you feel doesn't make a difference if there's no resurrection. There's no way to make it right. Brokenness in our lives, it wouldn't be overcome. Be left as it is. We'd be left in the darkness that we have created for ourselves if there's no resurrection. If there's no resurrection, Jesus doesn't ascend into heaven and sit in power to direct the rest of history towards its perfect end. That doesn't happen without the resurrection. There's no resurrection. God's spirit isn't sent to us to fill us, to heal us, to speak to us, to guide us. The spirit of God doesn't come without the resurrection. Without the resurrection, without, without Easter, we have no New Testament. What story would we have worth telling that would survive? We would have nothing. No promises fulfilled by God. No forgiveness of sin. No defeat of death. No Christ in power, no Spirit of God sent to assist us and empower us. No restored future, no genuine hope. Apart from the resurrection of Christ, there is actually no genuine substantive hope for us in this life without the resurrection. In the world without the resurrection, evil would continue to reign unchecked. 
without true justice. And that's the way it would be forever. Enemies are not put under the Lord's feet without the resurrection. Death itself is our shared and common end. And that's where it ends for us without the resurrection. And we are left to make the most of this tiny little life that we have, knowing, though, that it all ends the same way in death. And yet, without the resurrection, that's the world we would live in. And yet, we tend to live in that world, don't we? Practically. I mean, we say we believe in the resurrection of Christ. But if you look at our lives, functionally, we act and live so often as if the resurrection never occurred. Look at our lives. Look at the way we spend our money. Do we believe in the resurrection? Look at the way that we treat our enemies. Do we believe in the resurrection? Look at the way that we avoid our neighbors when we get home from work. Do we really believe in the resurrection of Christ? Man, it's so hard. This is the way we tend to carry on. But what if Jesus was raised from the dead? What if truly, really, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? Now, this sermon, uh, this, this morning, there are a few sermons down Manchac. I'm, I guarantee you could find. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. I'll give you all the sermons. You come to this church, you've been to them all. Here we go. There are a few sermons being preached this morning. One sermon, I imagine, says this. That Jesus is risen. How do we know? Well, because he, he lives in my heart. And we get to know him now personally. That's fine and great and everything. When it comes to the application, this sermon, this is what it sounds like. This sermon preaches, the resurrection means that all of us get to go to heaven when we die. All right. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I mean, that's great and everything. But that's still actually not what the Gospels are getting at. That's not even the point of Easter. This flattens the Gospel story. It was once beautiful and HD and like in vivid color. And that story about the resurrection kind of flattens it, puts it in black and white. It misses the point entirely. I know some of us have heard that sermon. There's another sermon. He claims that, uh, and this is for the more intellectually responsible, clear-headed folks, supposedly, which says, miracles don't actually happen. We live, I mean, these days, we know, right? Science, miracles don't happen. Dead people, they just tend to stay dead. If Jesus is dead in the grave, he tends to, ta- he, he tends to stay dead in, the gre- de- dead in the grave. Everybody knows that. That's like common knowledge. Besides, wouldn't a claim like this about Jesus... Some Palestinian in the first century being crucified by the Romans and dying, being raised from the dead. Wouldn't that story make Christianity better than every other single claim to life itself in the world? Better than any other world religion. Wouldn't that kind of be the trump card for all of them? Now, it wouldn't be nice, would it? That can't be true, this sermon would say. Here's the point in this sermon. The Easter story of an empty tomb is just a myth, you know, but it's an inspirational myth. It still makes us feel good. What a great story about human resilience, this sermon might say. Now, have any of you guys heard either of those sermons? I have. I've heard both. It's crazy. You can raise your hand. That's okay. What the scriptures tells us is actually this. What Christians believe is way more interesting. It's way more interesting than both of those. And it's, in fact, far more scandalous than both of those as well. When we say the creed today and when our baptismal covenant, you can hear it. You can hear it. This is the claim we make. We believe, listen to this, in an actual, historical, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what we believe. He was raised from the dead. The conclusion of this isn't that we get to go to heaven when we die. Mm -mm. That's actually not the point. Nor can it be reduced to some little inspirational human myth for society. That's not the point either. The news of the resurrection of God changes everything. 
Because God, it signals that God is actually making all things new. Not just our hearts, not just some human inspirational thing. God is making all things new, starting with the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And this is exactly Paul's point in 1 Corinthians 15. Let me read for you verse 20. But in fact, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who died. Verse 21, for since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead also came through a human being. For all, as all die in Adam, so all are made alive in Christ. Church, if you miss this, you've missed Easter entirely. So listen up. This is the point that the Gospels are also making. Go anywhere in Scripture. When you look at the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, here's the point that's being made. Jesus is risen. Therefore, God's new world has begun. God's reign and rule over all things, nothing excluded, is underway. Therefore, therefore, God's people, you and I, and the world have been redeemed. Jesus is risen, so therefore our fo- uh, his followers, us, we have a job to do. What job? What job is a response that we have to the one who's been resurrected from the dead? To bring the new life of Christ, that new life that we get to share in this morning, the goodness of God's new creation, his reign and rule that's underway in reality, to bring that to our neighborhood, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our families, to our jobs, our everyday, regular old lives, to bring that risen life into those circumstances and situations. Our families, our friends, those jobs, the people that we know that don't know Jesus. God is raised from the dead, so he's even making them new through us through us participating in what God's doing and sharing, spreading the good news. So what does this look like? I think this looks like painting, making beautiful art. I think it looks like brewing beer with your buddies, making beautiful things. I think it looks like helping those in recovery. That would be a response to the resurrection of Christ. Serving the poor, inviting your neighbors instead of avoiding them when you get home, inviting them over for dinner. Seeking justice, speaking up for those who don't have a voice, the oppressed, to denounce bullies and jerks. Resist the ways of manipulation and violence. And instead, as a resurrection people, those who actually believe that Jesus was physically, bodily, historically raised from the dead. We now get to extend mercy. We get to extend life, new life. We get to love people without reservation and without fear. What have you to fear now? Now that death itself has been trampled over, what stands before you in extending mercy and extending love and extending forgiveness to even the unlovable, the unforgivable? What stands in your way? Death itself has no hold on you. That's what the practicality of the resurrection brings to us. Every act of justice, every act of creativity, truth, grace, love, excuse me, now finds its real meaning as participating in the resurrection of Christ. You following me? Do you see this? It's really practical. Death no longer is your story. That's not your MO. That's not how you make sense of the world. That's not how you justify the way you live. Death is no longer your story. Resurrection is your story. New life in Jesus is now your story. And so we get to participate in that. So how do we begin? This sounds great, Sean. I think we can do this. Where do we start with this? Repent and be baptized. Stop what you're doing. Stop your ways. Stop the narrative in your head that says, but this is the way I need to run my life because this is the things I value and this is what I actually... Stop all that. Stop your ways of sin. Stop being manipulative. You are not controlled by the story of death and violence anymore. 
No, you've been freed in Jesus Christ. So repent, stop, turn from those ways, and be baptized. Be unified with Christ's death and his resurrection. That's how we begin. Some of you, I know, I know, some of you are thinking, well, but what about heaven? Don't we get to fly away to heaven, Sean? I mean, you took that away from No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, Paul, and Paul does speak, of, in fact, of going away and being with Christ, sure. Yes, but his main emphasis, when you look at the scriptures, his main emphasis is the entire trajectory of where scripture is actually pointing. And it points to that day when God's reign will be fully established in the new heavens and the new earth. That's not flying away and getting wings and playing a harp. That's boring. That's terrible. We're raised from the dead, in fact. We die, but we're raised from the dead to live to live in God's newborn creation. Check out what Paul says in concluding our reading in, in chapter 15. Verse 24, he says this. Then comes the end. Here it is, folks. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. That's where it's headed. The last enemy to be destroyed is death itself. The resurrection of Jesus begins God's new project. Not to snatch people away from the earth and take them away into heaven. Actually quite the opposite. To colonize earth as his resurrected people. To bring life to the new heavens and the new earth. To bring life to us here and now and for eternity. That is, after all, what the Lord's Prayer is all about. Don't you remember? That's what the Lord's Prayer is actually about. So we're invited to begin living now, participating even today, this Sunday morning in the middle of Texas, somewhere in the middle of Texas, in South Austin. We are actually invited in the resurrection to participate in this new life of Christ, who is, who is making all things new, even here, even now in our lives today. This exactly is the point of Easter. It's about new creation. It's about God making things new. Are you following me? Do you hear this? God is making things new today. God raised Jesus historically, actually, bodily from the dead, setting in motion a new story of redemption that claims every single one of you if you respond to him. This is why baptism, for us as Christians, is such an instinctual thing. It makes so much sense why we do baptism. Because in it, we see the story of new creation. We don't just talk about it and believe it in our hearts and hope someday when we die we have an insurance policy that sends us away to something comfortable. No. In baptism, we actually see the, new, the story of the new creation, being, being buried with Christ in the watery grave and being resurrected with him in new life. And then we are joined with the risen one. We become his beacons of hope and of light in the world, sent out to run amok for the kingdom of God, to witness, to announce, to live out that story of new life in God, to announce that God is making all the old things, all the broken things, all those horrible things, he's making them new, actually, truly. So we're sent running like the disciples throughout the New Testament, running with the good news to tell everyone that God is making all things new. That's what Easter is about. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who now lives, not dead. He lives and reigns with the Father and the Spirit. One God, forever and forever. Amen. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.
You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. 